Welcome to Heart Shaped Pod, a Nirvana fan podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Travis Clark. Hey everybody, welcome to Heart Shaped Pod. I'm Adam Todd. Heart Shaped Crunch Wrap, sorry. <laughs> I'm Adam Todd, Heart Shaped Crunch Wrap Brown. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm Travis Baja Blast to the face, Clark. Oh, is it? Uh, do I? I oh, I, I got to have one? Yeah. Yeah, you get to, well, you could, or you could just introduce yourself. You know you don't want us to do it. Andy Gordita Cell. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, what do you, what do you got for me? Do you have I just Andy, Andy, no cilantro, please. Oh, because my name. Right, because oh, your last name is Cell. <laughs> and then cilantro. I got it. Is how that went. Uh-huh. Um, Andy Cell Taco. <laughs> Come on down to Taco Cell. I don't get it. Uh, that doesn't either. work. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't, doesn't work really, at all. No. Right. How's everyone been since we recorded last? Um, uh, so much has happened. A lot has happened, actually. I feel all right. I'm okay. I'm a little Baja Blasty, but I'm okay. It does feel like a lot happened since we recorded last. Yeah. <laughs> actually. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> Really changed the tone. You know, yeah. things were one way. <laughs> oh, man. And then we had a conversation. And then everything changed, and things are very different now. But we're going to get back in back in the comedy groove today on the last episode of Heart Shaped Pod. Hey, guys, let's talk about a 27-year-old's murder-slash-suicide. Get ready to laugh! Woo! By the way, catch me and uh, Travis's... Two man show, Courtney, at the <laughs> Burbank Comedy Festival. When love calls, you need to answer, Courtney. <laughs> There's a D in there somewhere, too. There's Courtney. It's, it's Kurt plus Courtney plus corn and then a D in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't there's know. a D in all of them. Yeah. It's just silent. And it's also the reviews. It's just D. Yeah. <laughs> One person called it Courtneyed. Uh, they were trying to do a pun on Hackneyed. Oh, sure. Uh, it didn't really read. Hmm. I, I got it. Neither does Courtney. Almost right away. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so jovial for the topic today. I'm, I've had some time to deal with it. <laughs> it's all yeah, yeah. And some Baja Blast. Yeah. That'll do it. It's all been building up to this. We've all been wondering how it's going to end, and now we know, and now we have to deal with we're it gonna and process just, it. Yeah. We're going to do the reverse of the opening. We're just going to push in on Kurt Cobain's eye as it closes, and then uh, he was dead the whole time. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. It was he's he's autistic and it, it was all in his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was uh, it was uh, uh, the grunge was actually inside the snow globe. Right. Yeah. These are saying elsewhere riffs, Andy, and, and they're hot and lost. I was also doing a lost riff. Oh yeah. Oh, that's sure, actually sure. appropriate yeah. considering um... that no one likes how this ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, he's the smoke monster, right? <laughs> For sure. El Duce is Terry O'Quinn. Yeah, sure. Terry sure. Quinn. He's not an O'Quinn. It's just Terry Quinn. It's O'Quinn. It's O'Quinn. It's, is it O'Quinn? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Terry O'Quinn. Huh. Terry O'Quinn. Terry O'Quinn. Hi, I tell you. Uh, no, no, Daniel Roebuck. I lost me pot of gold. <laughs> I lost me pot Get of gold. <laughs> lost. Oh. Because he's on Lost. It, yeah. That's why. That's why that was, in case you were. Daniel Roebuck. Who plays? Tom who is Grant. part of Robux Juicery, right? Robux what? Robux the juices? No, that he's also listed as a guitar player on the back cover of Bleach, but he wasn't really in oh. the band. Okay, 
She plays Tom Grant in Soaked in Bleach. Why do you know that? Because I know things. Wait, the dude who from Lost? He's in Lost. Yeah. He plays Dr. Leslie. He blows himself up. Yes. Yeah. He also plays- That's who plays Tom Grant? That's who's yeah. Tom Grant. He's yeah. a character actor who's in everything. He's in every Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. He's also in- Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When they did a Robin Williams biopic before Robin- passed away uh he played gary marshall being like we gotta give this guy a show <laughs> when you were saying that i was picturing this documentary but i was picturing the actual tom grant parts no the actual and tom like, grant looks Jesus. like fucking rex ryan yeah yeah he sure yeah. does uh yeah we're talking about soaked in bleach today which is see this is what i was trying to do i was trying to segue into that oh you were there was more <laughs> no I, no continue i don't know what's happening right quarantine now. <laughs> i don't either i'm sorry we're talking about soaked in bleach which is i think the definitive documentary about the conspiracy theories surrounding the death of kurt cobain i yes there's definitely some strong evidence in it my main problem with it is that it looks like a cd-rom game from 1999 it's not the it's not the prettiest documentary it looks like for sure someone's gonna be like you need to decide which door, and you have to like go well, left or that, right. You know when they do the reenactments that have the audio. The audio. Oh, I uh, hate it. They have that little icon in the corner, that little timekeeper, yes. the little the meter, and it it does look like an old like Winamp skin, yes. like minimized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's also, I think, one of the more interesting parts of this documentary is those all of those audio clips. I love the audio clips. I'm not a fan of the dramatization reenactments. Yeah, but they had to get the information out. Yeah. And I, I don't know how else you do it without reenactments or someone. I think it's more effective than if Tom Grant just sat in front of the camera and explained it all. Yeah. Uh, Tom Grant explains it all was my favorite Nickelodeon show. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. I love that show. Really also good. ended with the murder of Kurt Cobain. <laughs> it did. It did. Which was a weird twist. But uh, I was really more of a fan of a of uh, Tom Grant can't lose. Okay. <laughs> really, um, also, of course, there was Are You Afraid of Tom Grant? Right. But Tom Grant, <laughs> I, we've t- I've talked about this on the network a bunch, but we've obviously never talked about it on Heart Shape Pod because it's a chronological podcast. Yeah, we've never baby. been at this point mm-hmm. before. We had to get here, we ha- and here we are. Here we are. Wherever now. you go, entertain us. There uh-huh. you are. Yep. 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 Yeah. What were you going with? Well, the lights are out in here. So oh. I feel safer. It is. It's less dangerous. It's less dangerous. Yeah. Is that I would what that is? That. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, can I bring up something from a couple episodes ago that's been bothering me? I wish you would. Yeah. I don't know why you haven't yet. That's been bothering me. Go. We've both been waiting for this. You said that Nevermind was one, it's two words, but Nevermind the album made it one word. Yeah. What about Nevermind the Bullocks? Isn't that one word on that? No, it's two. All right. Never mind. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Uh, I think you mean never mind. Um, I'm pretty sure it's two words on that. <laughs> I might be wrong. I don't know how we would find out. I did. I, if there was a way, if there was, if te- only we had the if technology would let us the breadth of yeah, all the yeah. information in the world. Uh, it's two words. Oh, two words. Two words. Two words. Eat a dick, Travis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey. Oh, I'm over here. Mind too. the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> I always slurp the nuts. Oh, we got our promo clip, finally. <laughs> so early in. So a little background on this. Tom Grant is a private investigator who Courtney Love hired <laughs> after Kurt Cobain allegedly went missing. 
after leaving rehab in yeah. Los Angeles. And according to the documentary, Tom Grant believes she just found him. Uh, uh, Courtney just found him by well, because she called him on a bloody Sunday, <laughs> Sunday bloody Sunday. Yeah, last episode, and but he was just a Yellow Pages ad, right? Right. Yeah, and he was yeah the only like the, the only, only one person was who was open. Yeah, and so she calls him to say someone's using her credit card, and she wants him to investigate that. And that's e- even after <laughs> and the first thing he says is. I don't know, maybe call the cops. That sounds like a cops thing. Right. (laughs) And she says, I'm too famous. I'm a celebrity. I can't. I need someone. This needs to be internal. Something like that. Something, yeah. But he, over the course of this investigation, becomes suspicious of Courtney Love as being involved actually within the first meeting he leaves the first meeting he when he gets to the first meeting i think he is a little too focused on what she's wearing in his description of the meeting i don't think that if you're the majority of his cases are probably people who are one not super famous at the yeah time, and two probably pretty straight laced people who are yeah. like whatever mm-hmm. so if you show up to a hotel room with this woman in a see-through negligee i think i'd be like yeah that stands out as not normal it does but yeah if I, if i if someone showed up for a meeting with you and you were in a see-through oh, negligee, yeah. i'm going to jail yeah so why does courtney love get a pass yeah here's the thing you're right but also <laughs> i think this whole story, when you like zoom out, this is a fucking noir movie. This whole thing. Private investigator gets hired by the femme fatale, right. troubled wife. He shows up. She's not wearing clothes. Come on. That's noir. It That's, kind of th- is. It's the, this is the big sleep, baby. This is some fucking Marlowe. Noir, are you Stage. kidding me? Come on. <laughs> and I don't know. What was everyone's, everyone's opinion on the death of Kurt Cobain going into this documentary. Well, I've had varying opinions over the years. Yeah, me too. Uh, I think as much as I love to say that Courtney is a CIA operative, <laughs> uh, there's a part of me that goes, that's just a fun thing to say around town. And with Oh, yeah. I, sometimes yeah. I say it to myself. Yeah, just, right. Just, just to get up in the morning. That's how I wake up in the morning. Yeah. Oh! Courtney Love, CIA I, look, operative. You don't yeah. want to talk to me until I've, <laughs> I've had whispered Courtney Love as a CIA operative to myself. <laughs> don't talk to me till I've had my cup of MK Ultra. <laughs> um, but I was certainly like suspect of Kurt's death, and really, my thought was, I don't want to admit to myself that someone I looked up to that achieved all of his dreams killed himself because then it's like happiness maybe isn't really a thing and doesn't make things better. Yeah. Uh, after this. Uh, have a totally different opinion. Yeah, I I am the same way. I've like gone back and forth. I've seen this documentary before. Right. Yeah. Me too. I had not seen Montage of Heck before. It's one of those ones that I avoided. Right. For a while. Uh, Soaked in Bleach. I've seen before. I'd seen Kurt and Courtney. I saw Kurt and Courtney when Kurt and Courtney came out. Like I haven't ninety seven or yeah ninety six ninety seven. Uh, I saw it in probably like ninety eight ninety nine. Okay, it's not a contest, but that's fine. And uh, <laughs> no, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> Well, I mean, if it was, you would have won. I, I mean, anyway. I was yeah, clearly, yeah, I won. Yeah, uh, yeah. But um, around that same time, like you and I were close enough in age. Yeah, we we had the same, you know, kind of exposure to this stuff. I believe. Yes, for in sure. A way. Wait, and how old? How old is Travis? Forty four. This happens all the time on this podcast, where you're like, "Man, you were the." I'm Travis's age too. God damn it! Yeah. I always think he's younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's it's not oh, gosh. Travis. I always do this. Wow. I make everybody upset. I don't mean no to. No one's upset. We're just disappointed. 
No, I'm. I'm. I mean, I'm angry. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I th- here in this specific case. Oh boy. It had nothing to do with assuming <laughs> you were older, and it had everything to do with me saying I saw it around the same time as he did. We had the same opinions of Kurt's death. Right. Because you asked us collectively this question, so I'm just trying it's, to. It's, I know it seems like I'm making a weird yet. excuse right now. Andy, why did you make your your father so upset? Answer your father. Also, yeah. both of you are actually way older than me than I always think you are. I always think you're younger. Andy, you're making it worse. Am I? I think you are. It isn't helping, Andy. Andy, you're not helping your case. This is why people don't like you. Answer your father. Andy. I'm gonna I'm gonna go stay with Grandma. What happened? <laughs> I'm going to go sleep on my friend's couch. Oh, he's being uh, Kurt now. Sleep under a bridge, Andy. Andy! Oh, yeah. That's where my friend Trevor has a marijuana. <laughs> a marijuana? A marijuana. <laughs> what was my point? I have no idea. I don't know. I derailed everything That's fine. again. I changed everything. I think you were talking about when you first saw the Kurt and Courtney documentary, which I also saw in like 98, yeah, 90s, 99. 98, 99. Yeah. Yeah. So it convinces, it's very convincing. Mostly because it also documents all of that vitriol from Courtney Love towards right. the journalists and filmmakers and stuff. But around this time, Tom Grant was also going public. He was doing like radio yes. appearances, yeah. and like Courtney was trying to sue every radio station Tom Grant went on yeah. to talk about this shit. And the I think the important difference, because the Kurt and Courtney documentary, I think does make sort of a case that maybe he was murdered. But it's really important, or what's really important about that documentary and we'll talk about it later on this episode, is the part where they claim to refute that claim that Kurt Cobain yeah. had too much heroin in his system to have shot himself. And they, they in that documentary, make this big show of making it seem like they've debunked that, and it was really disingenuous. They had not yeah. debunked it at all. And Courtney, by the way, um, going back to when all of this story kind of first broke in the late, late 90s, she sued or threatened to sue so many radio stations that any radio station that had Tom Grant or somebody talking about Tom Grant on, in order to avoid a lawsuit, they had to read a prepared statement to say that they did not believe Tom Grant. Wow. So you'd hear Kevin and Bean here in Los Angeles or anybody who was like a big radio person have to read this like press release so that she wouldn't sue them. Hmm. Right. And I think that's how his death ended up in the... Like, it's deep conspiracy theory territory. For sure. Like, saying you think Kurt Cobain was murdered is up there with saying Bush did (laughs) 9-11 to a lot of people. Which is Bush killed Kurt Cobain. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think so. I think the heroin that he hid in the bush for when he got back from Rome Mm -hmm. killed him. Right. That the CIA brought into the country. And also George Herbert Walker Bush strangled him to death. And wasn't George Herbert Walker Bush the former head of the CIA? What? CIA ain't kidding. (laughs) There's something stinky about this. Mm. But single term president, but multi rock star killing (laughs) company man. George Herbert Walker Bush. Did he kill? He pushed Eric Clapton's kid. Oh, he for sure pushed Eric Clapton's kid out the window. Yeah, yeah. But this, I feel like this thousand points of light and just pushed him out the window. (laughs) This is one of those cases where there's there's not a lot of evidence Mm -hmm. that the official explanation is what happened. Like there's well, there's there's no evidence. Yeah, we know Kurt Cobain died after being shot in the mouth with a shotgun, but there's not. 
if you really look into it, at which this documentary does, mm-hmm. a lot of that talk about him being suicidal, especially in those last few weeks, comes from Courtney Love. And it doesn't come from anywhere else. Yeah. And there is this... I think there is this thing about the con- about why this is considered, you know, a tinfoil scheme or a tin a tinfoil idea that has to do with the perception that it's linked directly to Courtney Love and that if you criticize Courtney Love you're feeding into this patriarchal misogyny right. that's been directed at her. Right. And I think there's something to be said for that read. I and don't think there's any patriarchal. I, th- I don't. I think she just I mean she's she's an awful person. Yeah, no, for yeah. Sure. I mean she's it's 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 hard to divorce this idea that she can be a truly awful person from you know the fact that like it is rough for women in that industry and for women married to celebrities in the press there is a machine at work there right but i feel like we hear this argument the other way when it comes to men and i'll oh, first, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll make the the comeback now most women in the industry don't murder their fucking husbands. No, exactly. No, I know. I know. And that, but that's like, the thing is that's that, why we bring this up in relation to Courtney Love, not no, because yeah. of the fucking patriarchy. For sure. And I don't, I don't disagree with you. I'm saying yeah. that there is this, there's a perception there that's not entirely unfair. That if you bring Courtney Love up, you are feeding into this machinery. You are. But in this case, I think it's warranted because whatever her thing is, whether she murdered him, whether he killed himself, whether she she's definitely, I, 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 you know, I can't diagnose her. I can't be like, but you're Courtney going Love to. is a psychopath right. or whatever. There's some kind of pathology at work with she's her. She's a narcissist for there sure. There is some kind of dangerous pathology at work with her. Right. That, that much is obvious. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was just saying that that's, I think, part of why... This is a thing people don't like to talk about, and this is a oh, thing yeah. that's uncomfortable and, and so often gets thrown up well, to, like, oh, well, you're a crazy person if you think. Right, but also, right. who wants to admit that somebody's wife killed them? Right, like, That's yeah. a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's not a... Unfortunately, it's a less romantic end to the story, but I think to see it that way kind of requires buying into the mythology of Kurt Cobain as opposed to the reality. Well, I, yeah, and it's hard to sort one from the other because there's so right. much on the side of it. Like they touch on that in the documentary. Like mm-hmm. this this theory, like another thing Courtney Love started saying after he after Kurt Cobain died was that there was this Cobain curse where Oh, oh right. Yeah. He had all these other relatives who killed himself. And we find out in this documentary, one of the relatives was at a bar drunk and dropped his gun and it went off and hit him and he died. And the other was drunk and fell down a set of stairs. So and neither n- case was an actual suicide. Right. right. Yeah. And, that- and Courtney Love was responsible for both. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what's infuriating is like that seems like a little thing, but what you have to do is take all those little things together. Mm-hmm. And even then people will be like, mm, there's no evidence. Yes, there is. The police just didn't investigate it. Yeah. And people go to prison on circumstantial cases. Look into the evidence that Scott Peterson murdered his wife. It is very circumstantial. and But he's in prison, and everyone's pretty convinced he killed his wife. Right. So it doesn't matter that the Seattle PD has not come out and said, yes, we're investigating Courtney Love. Yeah. You shouldn't need that. Like, you shouldn't need that official government explanation to sway your opinion. That's how mm-hmm. conspiracy theories happen. Like, that's how 
people are able to collaborate in backdoor channels yeah. to make shady shit happen, it's because you don't want to accept that that happens. And yeah. when someone offers an alternative theory for a world event, we immediately say, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist. And it's, uh, it's, it's, I don't think it's a great thing that that term has taken on the negative connotation that it has. And that's actually something Tom Grant says in the Well, thing. it's addressed yeah. in the documentary. Yeah. They, right. Like, they, def- they do the, uh, you know, Webster's defines conspiracy as or whatever. Right. He says, like, what the legal definition of conspiracy is. Right, which is just two people planning, cooperating planning something. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah, his example is- To you, commit a crime in secret. You could shoplift if, if all three of us went to some place where, like, we're going to steal a Nirvana record- We've conspired to comp- right. Yeah, we've well, now, not uh, Walmart though, because I don't want the wave me version. That's fine. Of that's well, it's actually worth a lot more in the future. Okay, so let's go wait. to Walmart. Then. Okay, and if like Andy was the lookout and I was the cool guy with a gun, and, and uh, Travis was doing the stealing, right? That's a conspiracy. And it's yeah. interesting that you, that those are all the roles we why would do you, play. Why do you, yeah, why do you bring a gun to a shoplifting party? Uh, because oh, in case I have to shoot someone. Yeah. Oh, copy that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you, in case my husband doesn't want to do Lollapalooza this summer. Also, I'm a really bad lookout. I'm going to let you know that right now. Uh, yeah, you're, I will get distracted. You will be talking to the security guard about a Halloween movie. Yeah, and now yeah. John Carpenter is a lot like Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I've given up on that one. Oh, have you? All right, yeah. you talked me out of it. I think you talked yourself out of it because I didn't do much talking at all when you mentioned it. So it comes up. <laughs> it comes up in this documentary that, and I've known this before because I actually Tom Grant. Back in the early internet days, you could go on his website and he would send you a case. He called it a case file, but it was just like a thing he clearly printed at Kinko's by himself that had all of his evidence that Kurt Cobain was murdered. And then he signed it and it was like $15. And I actually ordered that back in the day. And he was in that he was like, and listen, all of this is on like I recorded all these conversations this isn't me implying that these people said it, and it's just hearsay. I recorded all this stuff. And in this documentary, you get to hear those recordings. Now, yeah. one thing the documentary does not talk about, unless I missed it, is that legal? Are we, aren't we? are we a two-party state where you have to both parties have to agree to be recorded? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, it is a state law, so it varies from state to state. Right. But he did, I think he told people he was yeah. oh, okay. recording. Well, well there's, there's that, that one recording with Rosemary Carroll, Rosemary Carroll where she asks, are you recording this? And he says, yes. And then he stops. Right. Well, no, he asks if she wants to stop and she and keeps going. Well, she says yes. And then he shuts it off. Yeah. Uh, and there's there's a conversation with Courtney Love where I think it's pretty clear she knows he's recording. Yeah. I think she knew that he was recording all the time. Which is insane. It is insane. The things she says on yeah. tape are yeah. nuts. And so that's, I think, one of the more interesting, the, the execution isn't great. And they, they f- go in and out of dramatic reenactments because the audio quality is trash. It would be hard mm-hmm. to listen to these grainy recordings for an entire documentary. So they'll play you a bit of it and then go into a reenactment, which is based on the dialogue yeah, yeah. from the tapes. I did not love the guy who played Kurt. No, he looked like a country singer. 
<laughs> he looked like he was an extra on Nashville. He had a little bit of a, a Keith Urban vibe going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Or Sawyer from Lost, if I'm honest. He had yeah, that kind yeah, of vibe, he had too. That too. Josh Holloway. Yeah. They should have really just cast a bunch of people from Lost. In this. They should have. <laughs> they should have. should have been had, an episode of Lost. They could have had, what's her name from um, Brick, who was in Lost? Uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was Juliet. Uh, not Juliet. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah she was Juliet. Okay. Yes. Well, she's Courtney. <laughs> Emil Raven, I think, is her name. Oh, uh, the Australian girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so not Juliet. She's not Juliet. No. no, Claire. You're thinking of Claire. Claire yes, Claire. Yes. She's she could be Courtney. You could get uh, Sawyer is Kurt. Sawyer is Kurt. Yeah, Josh Holloway's Kurt. Oh, that's all you need. Yeah, that's all that's you need. Right. Yeah, that's all you need. <laughs> Matthew uh, Fox is Tom Grant. No, we've already got Tom. Grant. Oh, we got Tom. We got Daniel. Roma. Oh, that's right. Well, we recast him. This is a fun riff. Yeah. You know what would be a good. fun, a more fun rift, rift, rift. <laughs> Okay. Jesus fucking Christ. Is grunge stars as lost characters. You know what I mean? Like the other way around? Oh, man. Yeah. Travis, write that down. We're going to write it Billy Corgan is Locke, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Hands down. Steve Albini is the smoke monster. Sure. Sure. I think heroin is the smoke monster. (laughs) Yeah. Butch Vig is Ben. Yeah. 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 So... Yeah, he records all of this stuff. Not Kim Deal's boat. <laughs> Sorry, I'm done. And Not Penny Royalty's boat. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really done. So you hear all of these recordings in the documentary, which I think is interesting. And one of the first conversations that you hear, one of the first recorded conversations, is a really strange one where Courtney Love mentions that Kurt left her a second note. That was underneath her pillows. <laughs> yeah, that was great. And she said it was more like a divorce letter and that he was leaving her, which, by the way, why, why, why write that letter and then yeah. go commit suicide? Makes no sense. Makes zero mm-hmm. sense. But also, Tom Green, or Tom Green. Tom Green. <laughs> My bum is on your bed. Tom Grant searched the house twice before yeah. this, and he was like, Courtney, I looked under your pillows. There was no other letter from Kurt. And so he's implying that she made it up. She's making this up. But also to the idea what she what one of her crazy claims is that a police officer told her to destroy this letter. Right. Which makes no sense because it's like none of this is unless the letter said, I know you're trying to kill me and I'm running away from you. There's no reason to destroy this letter. And why would a cop also no cop would say that. That's the thing. Unless there was an actual corruption thing going on, which it was the Seattle Police Department at that time, which had some scandals. Well, the the cop who she says told her to throw the letter away was fired shortly thereafter over a corruption scandal. And he's trying to steal like 10 grand or something. Yeah, The same detective that told... Tom Grant at the scene. We don't want to talk. We don't. To you. We, we don't want to right. talk to someone with information. That's, I I really encourage people to go listen to the Courtney Love as a CIA agent episode of I Conspiracy the Show because you almost need that. A- that aspect makes this all make a little more sense because otherwise Courtney Love should be in prison. Like there yeah. is there there, and we'll get into it. There is actual evidence that he was murdered, and there's just Courtney Love's word. That he was suicidal. Uh, is the evidence you're talking? Never mind. We'll get to it. Ah, never mind. You see what he did there? Ah, but it's this too. Never mind, and ah, son of a bitch. You got it. It's two words, though. You know that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that conversation I think is really interesting. Where she's pretty much caught in a lie. Either that, or he didn't 
see the envelope, but he Which also is possible. I mean, that's a thing. Is it is possible he just didn't see it? But he, he also mentions finding rohypnol pills in between yeah. the mattresses. Which, that's how the whole thing starts. It's it's reenactment Tom Grant and reenactment Dylan. What's his face? Carson finding the rohypnol. Yeah, yeah. Breaking into so. Tom Grant breaks into a stranger's house with a junkie, and they can't find everything. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's surprise. That's an SNL sketch. <laughs> they do find a statue. Yes, they do find a terrifying they, statue. They find a statue of one of the from uh, the uh, in cover utero. of the In Utero yeah. album. I used to say he toured with that on the In Utero tour, and I had a T-shirt where it was a picture of him on stage, but from that angle with the wings behind him. Looked right? like yeah. he had wings. Yeah. Rest in peace, Kurt. He became a Grangel. <laughs> so. So that part's weird. Uh, yeah, they get into the definition of a conspiracy. Uh, the first thing Courtney Love says when she meets Tom Grant, you leak this to the press, I'll sue the fuck out of you, which is weird. Which is just how she meets people. That's just yeah. what she says. And some of the the weird details from their first meeting, or, well, is, that's, that's that's where we hear that the conversation. That's be- and that's when he decided to start recording everything. There's that scene where he's walking back with someone, and he's like, okay, from now on, we're recording everything. Right. <laughs> and that's the first conversation he records, is her yeah. talking about this other letter that was allegedly under her pillow yeah. that he says wasn't there. And you also hear a bunch of recordings of her complaining about Kurt not doing Lollapalooza, which is... And she does a Trump thing there, too, because she's like, we were asked first, and we yes. turned it down. And we turned like, it down. No, I turned you, out so he, he could do it. we're not asked first. But then she also no. does the thing, is it is it in that conversation, too, where she talks about how a suicide would give her sympathy? Well, she talks about planting a story in the press. That's later. Yeah. Oh, that's later? Okay. Well, that's, no. Those are two separate things. You're talking about when she talks about leaking a story that's made up about her about her overdosing. overdosing that's when that's when the the conversation turns into, well, I do have an album coming out, and it would be pretty good press. And then she says, "There's no such thing as negative press unless you're Michael Jackson," which isn't a terrible joke, yeah. right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all really weird from like immediately. Yeah. And there's a detail like we don't find out about these early meetings until the end that I think I think I missed it the first time I watched this documentary. And it really sells the idea that he was murdered. Oh, yeah. sells. my name. That's my name. (laughs) Oh, holy shit. I didn't even plan that. Uh, And but you did plant it. What? You you planted it. You planted it so you could use it later. And you oh, sure. to get to gain sympathy. To, oh, yeah. right, yeah. right. Like the like what's happening in this documentary. Exactly. Or like plants that are in greenhouses. Mm. Greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Right. Or how corny love is a plant. <laughs> a, a from CIA from plant. the CIA. Yeah. yeah. C in CIA stands for corn. <laughs> <laughs> they also talk about, uh, around this point in the documentary, about Courtney filing a missing persons report. Yeah. Under Kurt Cobain's mother's name. Yeah. And it's got all of these details. This is where most of the details we know about what Kurt Cobain was allegedly like around the time he was killed. This is where they come from. The idea that he was suicidal. The idea that he couldn't function on right. his own the idea that he that if he wasn't around other people he was a danger to himself or others and the idea that he was 
his addiction, his heroin right. addiction too was part of this. Yeah. Well, the the story about him escaping a drug rehab yeah. is in that police report. Yeah. And it's been brought up so many times that there was not an escape. He was an adult. He was an adult he and he walked, checked himself out. He right. checked out and got on a fucking plane and went back to Seattle. And there was that one little moment in the documentary where it's like he did not reconvene with his wife who was like 10 <laughs> right. miles away. Ten miles away <laughs> He's yeah. just like later and there was also that moment in the documentary where Courtney Love tells him to call, tells Tom Grant to call like local motels and see if anyone checked in under the name Sid Vicious or Bill Bailey. Bill Bailey? Is that the host of Cash Cab? No, that's Ben Bailey. Oh. Is Bill Bailey, is that Jimmy Stewart's character in It's a Wonderful Life? That's George Bailey. That's George Bailey. I don't know who Bill Bailey is then. It's not Bill Haley. No. Bill Haley in the comments. I'm looking it's at It's not the... Beetle Bailey. I think it is Beetle. Bill is short. <laughs> Beetle Bill is short for Beetle. It's not the Blue Beetle. It's not the Beatles. It's not Beetlejuice. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's not OJ Simpson. It's not the uh, Juice. My phone doesn't want to look it up. Wow. We'll never know. I think Courtney Love doesn't want you to look it up. I do have my coverage through Courtney Love. <laughs> <laughs> it's my cell carrier. But Tom Grant actually finds someone staying at a motel under that name and he calls Courtney and is like, "Well, I'm going to go I'm going to go talk to him." And Courtney tells him not to. According to this, Bill Bailey is a uh, is an English comedian. Oh, was he the guy um and he who had the drinking problem? And, well, that's every English comedian. He's this guy. Oh, that's not I the guy I was thinking rec- of. Do you not recognize this guy? No, I'm the guy sure, I'm thinking almost of, think, certain the guy I'm thinking a, of is dead. Probably a different Bill Bailey. Who knows? But Tom Grant finds him, basically. He f- at least finds someone under that name at the type of motel that she said Kurt would be staying at. And he calls Courtney and tells her. And she makes it very clear that he is not to go talk mm-hmm. to Kurt Cobain or to do any sort of surveillance on the house. Yeah. Which, if, you're, if you've hired someone to look for your missing husband, that's a weird yeah. restriction to put in place. Okay, don't find him. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, my husband's missing, but please don't find him. What I really care about is the credit cards. Right. And she does say that yeah. at one point. She's like, well, this is where I want you to start is the credit cards. So that's a thing that happens. He has that interview with Dylan Carlson where he asked Dylan Carlson if he thinks Kurt was suicidal. And this is the person who drove him to rehab. Right. And, and who bought him heroin. Right. Yeah. And he's like, no. And who I bought his gun. Yeah, who put the, the gun in right. his name. Yeah. And he said he would never have purchased that gun if he thought Kurt was suicidal. Did he swear that he doesn't have a gun? I think he did. Okay. And he, yeah, he likes all their pretty songs. But does he like to sing along? You know that song is, I think, is about Dylan Carlson. What? It's about someone they know, and I think it might be Dylan Carlson. It might be. But he, yeah, he says he's not suicidal, blah, blah, blah. And I, I don't know. Here's yeah. Can I? Because uh, you don't always. The thing is, you don't always know. That's you what know, I was That's the say. issue. Someone who's truly suicidal probably isn't telling you because yeah. they. There's people who want you to think they are because they want attention, mm-hmm. and there's people who are like, "I'm going to end my life, and I just don't talk about it because yeah. it's like I'm not going to tell you I'm going to brush my teeth either. Like, yeah. it's just what I'm going to do today. Yeah. But then there are usually even after the fact. There's like I. I just feel like it's weird that after the fact in this case, there's so many people who have come out and been like, no, that's not actually yeah. the well, and there's- version of events I remember. Like, even the last tour, depending on who you ask, he was either in the worst fucking 
throes of heroin addiction or not doing drugs at all in the happiest he's ever been. Right. But when we talked about the Rome incident, wasn't one of the theories that Courtney was trying to poison the wine and to get him to drink it and kill yeah. him? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah, depending on who you talk to, you get a lot of different things. And also, right. by his own words, anytime people bring up, I, you know, the, for example, the song, I Hate Myself and Want to Die. It was a joke. It was a joke, he says. And, right. And oftentimes, like, people will ask, you know, in interviews or stories, will ask him, like, what about, you know, talking about suicide or this or that? Or, like, when you had stomach pain, you want to kill yourself? It's like, well, I, you know, I'm a person. I, I speak in hyperbole sometimes or I exaggerate. Yeah. And even his, you know, it's one of those things where it's hard to really say one way or the other if he was suicidal or if he had suicidal ideation but had no intent to actually do it. And so that's why he talked about it when he right. could. Because that's the thing, too, is it's a pressure valve situation sometimes where w- while it's an illusion that, that feelings build up in us, it is true that there is a thing, there's cathartic release. And sometimes that comes from, like, you know, speaking about it head on. Right. And sometimes it's from using your illusion. <laughs> yeah. Uh so, yeah, there's a bunch of clips of his friends saying that he wasn't suicidal. Uh, there's a, I think now, a pretty famous clip of an interview oh, yeah. in late 93 with MTV where they ask about his stomach pain. And he's like, it's he gone. It's gone. And yeah. he's like, he looks he, happy. He looks like he's having a good thing. time. He looks really happy in a lot of their final interviews. And that last tour, I've heard so many shows from that tour because I used to collect Nirvana bootlegs and that tour was fucking great. Like they sounded amazing on that tour. And, but then there's also, you know, the, the other stories where he was maybe completely strung out on hair and maybe it was a little bit of both. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, it could be anything. (laughs) (laughs) It could be anything. It was owls. So, yeah, they talk about the Rome suicide attempt, which that wasn't called a suicide attempt by anyone until after he died. Yeah, yeah. It was always ruled as an accidental overdose. I remember. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It was an an overdose. That's how I remember the the news breaking of that. He was in a coma. I remember hearing that. But like even when they even when it was reported, he had died falsely. Right. During that. I don't recall it ever being yeah, suicide. They said it was, it was a, like, even when they thought he was dead, it was like, oh, it's an overdose. Right. Yeah. And I think that's an important detail. And it's also, it, it, I think just as an important detail as that is what it was an overdose of, is that it's not, you say overdose, talking about Kurt Cobain. Heroin. You believe heroin. Right. Right. And that's not what it was. Roofies. 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 Rehypnol, which, again, you hear roofies and you think date rape drug or recreational whatever Right. No, it's something he was prescribed for pain. But they were also saying in the very opening of this that, like, you just buy them over the counter. Well, in in England, yeah. In in England and in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's, uh, yeah, I think the overdose was more an interaction of the champagne. Yeah. Well, that's what happens. The roofies. yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that there's, you know, Kurt's doctor from Rome who says it wasn't a suicide. There weren't and it that wasn't many a suicide. How many times am I going to tell you? Oh, much shorter this time. I could tell by the look in your eye. You did not want to hear very much from me. <laughs> and but then also we just talked about montage of heck on the last episode where Courtney Love spins the story as 
Well, I thought about cheating on him, and Kurt... He had a psychic vision. Found out through his psychic powers, and then uh, killed himself a month later. And society at large is just like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what happened. Well, when you're going that's down... a powerful a, moment. When you're going down a roofie hole, you do see visions. <laughs> you know, you do have a lot of ability to tap into that spirit world. There's a lot of that, the man who shot Liberty Valance line in this story. You know that? the When the legend... Becomes fact. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the narrative here. The established narrative in the wake of Kurt Cobain's death was he was suicidal. He couldn't stay off heroin. Right. He's, you know. On the third day, he's he unstable. Rose again. He's been depressed right. his entire life. He saw two men coming from right. him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there was never, there was ne- that that story that she tells in Montage of Heck, that's. I think the first time anyone has ever heard that story. Absolutely. And it's but just But it doesn't matter because by then you can say anything because the established narrative right. for all this time has been, oh well he was gonna fucking do it at some point. Because even at the beginning of Montage of Heck, even Chris Novoselic is saying that bullshit of like Right. Well we we didn't see it. We should have seen it. Well they should have yeah. seen it. Well we yeah. <laughs> you should have seen that he was gonna be murdered. Yes. Yeah. You should have seen he was going to commit suicide by marrying Courtney Love. <laughs> ah, suicide by love. Yeah. We all know it. Do you, Kurt Cobain, swear to kill yourself at the age of 27? <laughs> I, um, not really. I kind of am pretty happy right now. Too Wait, bad. has she signed the prenup yet? <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite details about this whole theory. Yeah, like, in addition to them having, like, having these constant arguments about the Lollapalooza money and their financial future, Courtney finds out Kurt Cobain is thinking of getting a divorce. Yep. Because he called Rosemary Carroll and said that, and that news got back to Courtney. So now with them, they had a prenup. So she would have gotten a small settlement if they had gotten divorced. But in this moment, when she stood to make all this money from her album coming out, she had so much motive to have her husband killed. Yeah. And that's the oldest motive oh, in yeah. the goddamn no, world. Again, this is a fucking noir movie. This yeah. is this is a Greek tragedy. It's it, it's literally as long as we have been telling stories. Yeah. It's a, a plot. And I hate when people are like, mm, Courtney Love had her own money. Live through this hadn't even come out yet. Yeah. Like she had one album that nobody had heard that had come out. Yeah. She didn't she had she had access to Kurt Cobain's money. Yeah. Like, that's the money she had. And with him committing suicide when he did, she has access to it forever. Whereas if they'd gotten a divorce... Yeah, what, five years, ten years, maybe? Yeah. She gets a small settlement, and then it's done. And She gets a small Michael stipend. <laughs> what if Michael Stipe killed Kurt Cobain? <sighs> he- it would be the gentlest murder ever. <laughs> That's me with the shotgun. Pulling that trigger. (laughs) Oh. Kurt Cobain killer. (laughs) (laughs) So what else is in here? Oh, Courtney, have you heard about this one? He's upstairs in the greenhouse again. (laughs) (laughs) Bang, bang. Uh, The Callie DeWitt letter. That was... That's an inter- even Courtney Love on one of the Tom Grant recordings says, "I think he wrote that because he heard the shotgun." I think blast. he knows. I think he knows Kurt's dead. Yeah. Well, it's Rosemary Carroll yeah. that said he wrote this because he knew Kurt was dead. Yeah. And then well, later, also Rosemary Carroll kind of implies she doesn't think Callie wrote it. Right. Yeah. Right. 
And that's the letter that was like, how could you be in this house and I not know you were here kind of thing. Yeah, it's, the, yeah. the one they find on the staircase, right? Yeah. This isn't cool, Kurt. You have a wife who's better than you and she's <laughs> the most perfect woman in the world and you don't deserve her. I mean, it is, it's not that bad, but it right. is like- it's a weird it's letter. It's very weird. And Tom Grant and Rosemary Carroll both, who we should mention, Rosemary Carroll was the Cobain's entertainment lawyer. And, and number eight on the list. No, of, she was first. She, she was first. Kurt's first she was choice first to, to raise Francis. And she then was in her first position. Oh, that's yeah. right. They had to who fight. was also their manager. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> right. 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 Danny Goldberg. Goldberg. And great wrestler, by the way. <laughs> and so Tom Grant searches the house twice no one ever tells him to look in the greenhouse which is interesting yeah and the greenhouse uh, this was always a little it's bit not actually a it's not a really greenhouse no. it's just a room above the garage right? right yeah and they he actually finds out kurt cobain's body has been found by a radio station reports yeah, it yeah because one of the people who found the body like the first thing he did after calling police was call, was a, radio call a fucking station. radio station sure. how fucked up is that well, he was an electrician yeah. in rural washington i mean i think that's what you do. But it's not like it's going to make you famous being the guy who called the radio station. I don't know, man. We're talking Although about I him. do think they interview him in this. Uh, for like a se- There's a sound bite from a previously existing interview and like half a second of footage of him yeah. talking. And yeah. then a reenactor wearing the same glasses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's yeah, kind of yeah. all you get for him. And that's the moment where Tom Grant shows up at the scene and is like, hey, uh, I understand you found a body. I have information yeah. that could be tied to this. And they fucking tell him to leave. Yeah, the detective Cameron, who was later fired right. uh, for corruption, tells him, like, no. Tells him to leave and call Come, the office call after the, 3 call p.m. Call the station after 3. Yeah. And as, I mean... Tom Grant. I don't love Tom Grant. I don't think he's a great dude. I don't. Uh, I don't know why. Like, what do you think's not? Like, what do you think's bad about? There's. I just. Him? He's. I don't. I mean, first off, all cops are bastards. Uh, he's not a cop. <laughs> he was. He was. Yeah, he was. He was he a was. goofy cop. A cop with a pretty clean record. Yeah. True. True. And also. Remember his one of the motivations he brings up for doing this, and it's a valid motivation, is the copycat suicides. Yeah. Like that was his early reasoning was there's gonna be copycat suicides. And there, I think in the documentary they mentioned there have been like sixty seven. Eight? Sixty seven. Sixty seven, sixty eight. Yeah. But I I wasn't trying to make this about like my disdain for Tom Grant. I oh just, no, I did that. Yeah, you to, did put a negative bent into whatever you were about to say. Cool, great. Uh, discrediting. Great loving. I learned it from this documentary. Great, great yeah. Love Courtney and tactic. Uh, it's Lovecraftian, but Love Courtney. Oh, Andy! Let's play! Oh, and just like Kurt Cobain HP, Lovecraft died. <laughs> Is that what you meant? Yeah, sure. Anyway, you were saying? He does have a point here about procedure and how, you know, if someone comes to you... if. In, with info, saying they have info at the scene hours after s- discovering a body, you don't let them go. Oh, absolutely. Especially if it's been told to you that they're a private investigator hired by the wife of the victim, who, by the way, is always the first suspect you have to rule out. Right. Courtney Love is the first suspect you In always have every murder. Yeah, every murder. <laughs> always Courtney Love, yeah. How, yeah. Can someone account for Courtney Love during this? Damn it. And what's really crazy about that detail to me is we hear later in this documentary that at the time, the Seattle PD's procedure was, well, if this beat cop is satisfied that this is a suicide, we don't even send the homicide unit out. 
Yeah, and, and so, we don't develop photos. Right. And they don't develop crime scene photos. Yeah, none of that sounds right. <laughs> no. And and that's their argument. And one, there's a couple of doctors and like law enforcement, like former law enforcement types who are like, that's no no, you don't that's a stupid procedure. Like you always like the Yeah, it's called a death investigation, not yes. a death assumption. Right. And they bring up how crazy that procedure is, but it becomes even crazier when you find out Tom Grant was at the scene and was like, hey, yeah. I have details, mm-hmm. and they still were like, no, nah, thanks, the, dude. the beat cop said it's a suicide, so we're done here. They uh, bring this up, too. Is the so, <laughs> I think it's Tom Grant who says it, that the, the way to get away with a perfect murder is to kill a junkie. Right. Because they don't investigate it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Uh, he no, said, it's not Grant that says that it's... Uh, Cyril Wecht, I believe. Yeah, I think you're right. It was someone talking to an FBI agent. Yes, yeah. And the FBI agent said that if you want to kill someone, kill a junkie. It's the perfect crime. And then he goes, happens all the time. And you're like, what? I mean, I'm sure it does, though. Like, it does give you an extra layer of, you know, it gives you a wall to hide behind. Yeah, yeah. Because no one trusts a junkie. And that's that's the thing with Kurt Cobain and his death. Like, when people are so, like, reflexively shooting down the idea that he was murdered, (laughs) shooting down. Mm -hmm. Like, their comeback is always, well, you're just ignoring years of depression. No, I'm not. Like, you can be depressed and not kill yourself. Absolutely. Those two things can happen at the same time. are living proof of that. Yeah. 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 And a lot of times, it's people I know who are really depressed, and it's like, we're all here. Like, that doesn't mean you're going to kill yourself. No. And it doesn't, like... And again, yeah, again, there's that catharsis thing where it's like, it's, from what I... Yeah, there are signs, et cetera, but like everyone I know who's not everyone, that's not true. There are definitely I've known some people where it's like, yeah, okay. But I think a lot of the people I've known who have killed themselves be- out of depression, it's been people I didn't know were depressed. Right. Right. If Kurt Cobain's entire life is this like, oh, he's depressed. He talks about it all the time. He sings about it. It's like, well, that's probably helping. It's probably helping. Yeah. 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 And he also didn't sing about it that much. Like his like Nirvana's songs aren't we've talked about it before, but I think there's a little bit of a misconception. Like a lot of them are. But a lot of them are nonsense also. Well, that's that's also very true. Yeah. Like I don't <laughs> I don't find a lot of their songs to be about depressing no, topics. But- he said he, he said I don't have a gun and fucking come as you are and everyone's like, Oh, that guy's so dark. <laughs> But I think he it's said also, he doesn't have a gun. It's the overall mood I think the the music sets, so I'd say it's not necessarily cheery. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. But he does I, I mean he did he in life didn't seem to be the the tortured, you know Right. He had a lot of problems. It there were a int- lot of things going on. It is interesting to me that we have one picture of him crying backstage as pretty much the entire document of how sad of a person he was yeah. you see right. the Meanwhile, the same picture all the time we're goofing around and we docu- we managed to document everything else but no one like held a camera up to kurt when he was sad and was like hey what's wrong buddy <laughs> well, like he had he had that turtle money you know it's hard to that's be sad true, when yeah. you got turtle money yeah true were you i don't think andy was on the I, podcast i don't at that know what point. you're talking about yeah that's uh, from the olden days that's a deep cut okay which is uh, what killed kurt very deep cut from a shotgun. From a shotgun to his face. 
So, yeah, that that's one of the problems with this is that it's never really going to be solved because they didn't investigate it when they had a chance. And even if you investigate it now, you're 25 years into like it's unsolvable. Right. And they also it it is mentioned in the documentary because they didn't investigate it. Uh, one, Kurt Cobain was cremated six days later. That's that's I think the craziest thing to me about this. Yeah, is that like you have a body which is they cremated like, him before they processed the shotgun for fingerprints. And they then the shotgun got melted down or something. They gave, they gave it, it, to it back Courtney to Courtney Love to be melted down, and there were no latent fingerprints on the shotgun or the shells. What? How the fuck? Well, you put gloves on. And then you take them back and off. Then you, and then after you die, you take them off. And right. then you also, yeah. you rally Done. around the family with a pocket full of shells. That's what you have to do. Is this from a song? Yeah. That's from uh, it's, uh, Rage Against the Mission. It's a, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. I got it. Wow, wow. Wow, wow. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he was cremated six days later. Uh, Courtney got to melt down the shotgun. The greenhouse was torn down and destroyed. And I mean, I, that one I agree with because one, if you keep that house, why would you want that part of it? And two, it's just going to be a place that weirdos flock to. Right. Like we would be trying to do a podcast. For we that. would have done almost at l- half of the episodes from there. I did like that Soaked in Bleach, like the interviews were conducted in a room that was clearly meant to be the, the greenhouse room right, yeah. that Kurt Cobain died in. <laughs> Which also, I don't think I put it in the notes, but there's that weird detail about how the door's locked. Yeah. And the police were like, he locked himself in. Well, they said he barricaded himself in with a stool, but it's like- It was just- The people that found him were like, there, there, there was no stool against the door. Yeah, there was a stool against the doors across the room, yeah. and it wasn't- Like, you hear that, and you think, oh, it's lodged under there, so no one can get in. It was just sitting there. Mm-hmm. Like, you could have just opened that door. He might have knocked the stool over. Right. But you could get in. And also, too, like the reenactment of it was like they just like tapped a window and the whole thing explodes and they could just right. reach in and open yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was one of those just the, the doorknob locks that you twist and yeah. you can pull it behind you when you leave and yeah. lock the door. You can, yeah. yeah. That the, doesn't mean there was like no forced entry or anything right. like that. It's the kind of lock that's more gives you the peace of mind like, oh, I locked that door, then really keeps it. It really doesn't out. keep yeah, anybody, doesn't keep out. anybody yeah. out. Right. They but brought- you can lock it and leave, too. Like yeah, That's the thing. Right. That you- right. So uh, another... Oh, I thought this was really interesting. Courtney, at one point, tells the press that his body, Kurt's body, was so disfigured by the shotgun blast that he could only be identified by fingerprints. They interview the first EMS responder who shows up on the scene, and this guy was like, I could recognize his, him by his face. Like, that was it- shocking to me. Yeah. Because the narrative that we've all heard is that he left out the ID. Yeah, his ID. That's the only way that they could find him. Really, that was a cop who took it out to say who it was. But the fact that you could look at him and like his face wasn't like you know shredded beef that was surprising to me because that's that's the story I've always heard is that yes you could not even tell it was him. Right, and according to and I had actually heard I don't. Remember photos up on like rotten.com or something at one point. Right, but that was like a fucking head exploded everywhere. So that clearly wasn't him. Yeah. Because what I'm trying to figure out. They for a long time didn't even publish the photos from this. Yeah. If you can tell it's him and he's shot himself with a shotgun, that doesn't check out to me. Like there should be nothing there. Well, it would. uh, I I think you're. It depends. I think I I would need a ballistics expert to confirm that because I can see it from the right, especially if. 
If it's going to the back of his head. And if he's not the one putting it in his mouth. Yeah. If it's someone else, like you're not going to put it so far in your own mouth that you might choke, for example. But if someone else is putting that gun in his mouth, they might put it so far back that it just sort of blows the back of the head out. Yeah, I'm yeah. just thinking of it's the, a long barrel shotgun too. It's the, not right. Gas expansion would puff your face. It would split you. Even if even if it's all the way back there, the force coming out is gonna blow your head. I don't know. Blow. But the guy who found the body says, "None of us are Batman." You yeah, know, like <laughs> I've shot a lot of people, so I'm just telling you what happens. Uh, but I did think that was really interesting. The toxicology reports have never been. Uh, Ever, right? Release the autopsy reports have never been released. And they all should have been under freedom of information. Right. right? Or no, it's like, the autopsy report. The toxicology reports have been released. They, yeah, because that's the one that accounts for the 200 That's where milligrams. we get yeah. the 200 milligrams of heroin, which every time you bring this up, there's someone who will jump into a comment section and be like, my fucking cousin in Connecticut can take so much more heroin. And it's like, no, they can't. You don't take heroin. You don't know how much it is. Like, this is like three and a half syringes of heroin is the amount of heroin that was in his body. Now, or two and a half, I think. Here's what I'm wondering, just to play devil's advocate, I guess. That doesn't mean he did it all at once. Heroin stays in your system for a bit. He could be on a heroin bender for a week, right? And that would kind of stay in but his system. But I don't system. think that amount would have okay. stayed in. Yeah. I think that's the issue is that. Is that it dissipates, but not so. But slowly it, enough to leave. In theory, it's not like he injected two hundred milligrams at once. It could be over a long period of time. I th- I don't mean no. again. I don't know. But I, I think th- the idea is I that think he, a, I think there's a limited window on. Got it. it. Yeah. And so the the argument here is he would have been too incapacitated, as in dead. Right. Yes. And there are two different doc or well no it's Cyril Wecht is one of the doctors. God, I'm all over the place with these fucking notes. Yeah. But uh, Cyril Wecht, and then there's another guy who both are like, I've never in my career as a law enforcement official seen someone inject a bunch of heroin and then immediately commit suicide. And heroin doesn't strike me as that kind of no, drug. No, it's a drug, right? It's the I'm immediately feeling good drug. Right. It's what you take if you're about to commit suicide, probably. Because you talk yourself out of it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. it like there's I mean, I could I could see the argument of like, I want to die feeling good. You know, like that's a thing. Right. That's an that's a but yeah, but with when you have two of these guys who have experience with this kind of a thing saying nobody's done that to my knowledge. Right. You know? And yeah, I mean shit like that is really important. And I feel like it uh I don't know. People, the, it's because of the Kurt and Courtney documentary that this, because I think this is one of the most compelling arguments. And the fact that the Kurt and Courtney documentary claimed to debunk it, I think, has kind of kept Kurt Cobain's death in the realm of conspiracy theory. Yeah, but I still see this argument, I think, as the most often seen argument for oh, the yeah. theory is that. Right. Oh, I still, this is, I, even despite the Kurt and Courtney documentary, I still see this repeated a lot. Yeah, and they they talk about the Kurt and Courtney documentary here, and the person who they what what they say in the Kurt and Courtney documentary is well, here's a guy who just took the same amount of heroin, and he's standing on one leg because the argument <laughs> the argument with Kurt Cobain that people make is well, he took so much heroin, he wouldn't have been able to shoot himself 
much less yeah. take the time to roll his sleeve back down. Put his kit away. Put yeah. his heroin kit away and then pick up a gun and shoot himself. There's only one way to do this, guys. We have to go do 200 yeah. milligrams <laughs> of heroin each and, and see how we feel after Try to and, shoot and ourselves. And anytime someone offers that argument of like, well, Kurt's tolerance would have been higher because he did so much heroin. It's like, well, maybe this guy has stood on one leg a whole lot. So is he's just really good at standing on one leg. Well, didn't Kurt weigh like 120 pounds? I mean- yeah. He was a tiny person. Was, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And what they point out in Soaked in Bleach, as it pertains to that guy in the Kurt and Courtney documentary. Is it's bullshit. He took- <laughs> it's not applicable. A similar- uh, He took the same dose of methadone orally. Oh, that's not the same. Yeah, that could uh... not be further from the same <laughs> yeah. thing. Like, maybe if he crushed it and snorted that's it. That's what you give and to even someone then, who's about the... to shoot 200 milligrams <laughs> yes. of heroin uh, to stop them from dying. Right. And yeah, injecting 200 milligrams of heroin, that's going right to your heart, right to your brain. You're going to die. Yeah. And oral methadone is not the same thing. So that gets uh, I mean, debunked. I take 200 milligrams of methadone just to get up in the morning. <laughs> it's uh, debunk the debunkers, you know? Right. Serve the servants, debunked. Okay. Oh, I get it. I did it. There it is. <laughs> so yeah, we still haven't seen the autopsy report. That's crazy. The guy standing on one leg looks like Andy. I had that in the notes. Oh, yeah. Did you see him? Yeah, he does. He does. I mean, I can't. <laughs> his eyes are blacked out. Uh, Russian but, Andy. That's the best yeah. part. But he does look exactly like me. It's terrifying. It's I'm glad amazing. I shaved my mustache. <laughs> Guys, I'm just, I'm on a lot of heroin. I'm just standing here on one leg. It's fine. You get it? You get it? I, I don't know. What's well, fine? <laughs> Uh, a quote from it's a good me. Thank you, Cyril Wecht, who was a he's a really famous forensic pathologist. He's been involved in a lot of famous cases. Oh, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Comparing oral methadone to intravenous heroin isn't comparing apples to oranges. It's comparing peaches to asparagus. I'm gonna start saying peaches and asparagus. Yeah, is like a thing. <laughs> I love it. Shooting a lot of heroin, gonna eat a <laughs> lot of peaches. And asparagus. The shotgun shell. This, I think, is the craziest piece of- I honestly think this is the easiest to dismiss. Uh, how? What? They fucking show it in the thing. The animation- Okay, sorry. You tell me what it- You say what it is, and then I'll tell you why, why I think it's bullshit. Well, are you talking about the animation that shows the gun spinning? N- no. The animation that doesn't show the gun spinning. The one that shows the shell ejecting, and they're like, it should be on the right side. Why is it on the left side? You see his wrist right there. And they say, the shell would have had to ricochet off something. I don't know. His wrist that's right there. But the way he's holding the the gun, they talk about there's a spasm that happens when you shoot yourself. The death spasm, yeah. And the way his hand is holding the gun, which is the point where the shell would have been ejected, there's no, there's nothing, his hand isn't blocking where the shell would be discharged. Yeah, but I think again, that's a matter of it's an animation. I think this is one of those things where you can No, that's say, how he was holding the gun when he died. It wasn't an animation. It's in it's in the animation. Well, his arm the, moving the, back well, that, from the thing. Where, where the his... animation that they're showing is meant to refute the idea that the gun spin, spun in his hand. Well, there's a couple animations. One is to refute the spinning, and one is to refute the idea that it ricocheted off of something. It's before they show the gun spinning one. My point is, is that when he pulls the trigger, his arm, that whole forearm, is in front of the shell. Uh, no, it's not. It's it really because, it is. Because his hand is in the position it would have been when the shell was discharged. Because when you pull the trigger is when your hands freeze. We're back to we gotta do the heroin and then we gotta get a gun. 
Yeah, I don't. I it's don't. The only way to do see, this. this is the thing I don't buy. I th- I think it's it's as simple as like that shell could have bounced off of him. But that doesn't. That's not a definitive answer. Like that's how the Seattle PD probably would have answered it. Because if that like I I wish we could pull the pictures up, but he's the way when he died, the way he's holding that gun, his wrist isn't anywhere near where the bullet is ejected and that position is how he would have been is the position he would have been in when that bullet was no, ejected no yes it no, is that's why I, it's what? called the cadaveric spasm because your gun your hand freezes on the gun the way it was when they fired it they talk about it in the documentary okay but then refuting this if it froze on the gun how could someone else have been holding it do you see what i'm saying like because you put it in his hands because he's already taken all this heroin you're gonna have to put the gun in his hands, at which point you're probably kneeling on his right side. So you pull that trigger, that shotgun shell ricochets off you gotcha. and lands on okay. the left. I mean, I still think it could have ricocheted off of him because I, I watched that thing several times. Him be like... being El Duce. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Clearly. But again, I'm not Batman. I don't know. You know. Why yeah. is Batman your go-to detective? I don't know. Okay. I'm just curious. Because <laughs> he s- solved the Kurt Cobain murder. He did. <laughs> I think... I think Batman the, killed. He a, solved the Heath Ledger murder when the Olsen twin murdered Heath Ledger. Oh right, yeah. right, yeah. But not the Olsen twin he was living with. Weirdly enough, weird. Yeah. She paid the other yeah. one to come in and do it. You know, sometimes twins do that. They pretend to be the other one to kill a movie star. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. So let's talk about the suicide note. This is a quote from Rosemary Carroll. That suicide note is a pastiche of things he'd written before. And of someone copying his handwriting. Uh-oh, someone's getting called out. Whoops. And Rosemary Carroll, I think, is the most interesting figure in all of this. Because Real quick, yeah, I yeah. think, uh, Andy, please define pastiche for everybody. <laughs> oh, they're, so there are these little nuts that come in these like green shells. That Thank you. you. Uh, okay. That's right. Those are called mustachios. <laughs> So it's a me, a mustachio. Hey, I told you he's not a suicide. <laughs> the interesting thing about the suicide note, Courtney tried to keep it private, like which I guess if this were a legitimate suicide, I guess that would be understandable. But Tom Grant actually tricks her into giving him a copy. And he It's the dumbest trick ever, too. Yeah. He's like, Well, remember you told me that thing? And she's like, No, I said it was this. And then she pulls out, she has a copy of Kurt's suicide note, like right by yeah, her. Yeah, a fax, like a copy, and photocopy. She, go, she goes, here, this is a copy. The police have the original. And he pats around for his glasses <laughs> and goes, oh, I can't read this without my glasses. You mind if I go make a copy down on the fax machine? I'll bring it back. And she's like, oh, sure. okay. <laughs> and that's how the suicide note became public. Yeah. Wow. Is Tom Grant tricked her into giving him He should have done copy. that with more things. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't. Although find he a... also did record enough to have pretty convincing evidence. <laughs> I can't find that note you wrote to El Duce where you told him to kill Kurt. Um, can't read it without my glasses. Hey, I can't. No, uh... I told him to fucking blow his head off. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it. Hey, what was that thing you were talking about? The um, your uh, God, your your class schedule at the CIA school. Can you? I need your transcripts, and I don't have my glasses with me. Can I take them to the? <laughs> Am I? Uh, did I hear this right? You used to be a rapper named MC Ultra. Is that right? <laughs> Is that right? Can, uh, tell me what I got wrong. No, it was MK. Oh, that's my Courtney Love. Maybe you're uh, 
you have any copies of Catcher in the Rye? <laughs> so, Rosemary Carroll. No, I have a copy of Shoot Him in the Eye. <laughs> um, actually, he was shot in the back of the throat. Actually, That's why his head didn't explode no. the way Travis expected. I'm telling you. Bring me a body. <laughs> we got to do it. <laughs> we got to do it. Yeah. Rosemary Carroll finds Courtney's backpack. Oh, this is so not right. Yeah. This is the craziest fucking detail. Finds Courtney's backpack. Inside, she finds a sheet of paper that is clearly someone practicing Kurt Cobain's handwriting. Mm, obsessive fan much, Courtney? Right? Right? You're playing into the patriarchy right now. Am I? I'm not. Look. <laughs> <laughs> this is weird. It's very weird. To yeah. quote your note, how is Courtney Love not in prison? That is insane, though, yeah. that you find... And especially when you take it in the, in context with the suicide note, which is the weirdest suicide note of all time. Yeah. Dedicated to Bada. Dedicated to Bada, his, his imaginary, uh, friend. imaginary friend who- Died his, in the Vietnam War. His parents, <laughs> to get him to stop playing with his imaginary friend, told him that he got drafted into the Vietnam War and that he died in the war. <laughs> Thank you for your service, Bada. Case closed. <laughs> Bada did it. <laughs> Bada killed Kurt. What happened when Bada got back, though, and all these protesters were spitting on him? Oh, exactly. He just wasn't welcome There's a back. movie about that, Bada on the 4th of July. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was Rambo First Bada Part 2. No. Um, <laughs> no. Coming home in a Bada bag? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh rest in you. peace, Bada. So sad. So there is, there's that. They find this practice handwriting sheet, and the suicide note is insane. For starters, it's a retirement from music letter, right? For about five hundred words, and then at the end, in completely different handwriting, yeah. there's this thing about Courtney go on for Francis. What I feel like happened. Especially with Courtney saying there was a second letter that she that he dictated to her. I don't know if she dictated it to him. Maybe or he, no, Callie. He, he dictated something to her at one point. She has some letter that she talks about. He oh, he's dictating it to me for the fans or whatever. Or he left it for me. Oh no, she she read the letter to she read fans. the letter. Yeah, okay, over. and then fucking yells it because I was very confused about the. She reads the letter and yells at her dead husband during it. It's fucking, I remember listening to this being like, this woman's insane. Yeah. Well, I think whoever was with him when he died was like, oh, so, you know, I get it, man. You're going to fucking, you're going to divorce Courtney. You're going to break up the band. Let's get these fucking letters written and uh, we'll do some heroin one last time and we'll get the fuck out of there. And that, depending on the conspiracy mm. theories you believe, that could have been fucking Eric Erlinson from Hole. Sure. Like, yeah. There could have been... He's like, were, dude, I get it. I broke up with her, too. It's a fucking nightmare, man. Right. And then they do that, la like, who was also one of the last people seen with yeah. Kristen Pfaff right before she died. Interesting. But... Did Courtney Love pay him to kill her, too? Maybe. She, <laughs> she didn't have that Cobain money yet. She didn't have that... She was a practice run. She didn't have that Cobain money, but she was, like, leaving... Like, she was leaving whole. I know that. Yeah, she just doesn't like being left. Mm. Mm. Yeah, could be. But it feels like someone was like, all right, let's write these letters. Let's do this heroin. Let's get the fuck out of here. And then as soon as they did the heroin, that's when that person steps in. Bang. And kills Bada him. bing, bada boom. 
and then they have all of this time to yikes plan like their story because one of the one of the details that uh they they talk about Kurt's last days for one thing Courtney called him 13 times when he was in rehab that last day and that's when he finally decides to leave rehab Callie DeWitt sees Kurt Cobain the morning of April 2nd he said Kurt Cobain came and visited him in his bedroom Courtney Love calls Callie DeWitt eight times that day. And then the next day hires, hires Tom Grant t- <laughs> and never once mentions that they saw Kurt Cobain the previous morning. At the house. At the where fucking she tells house. tells him to never go. Right. So that is suspicious as fuck. Yeah. Like there is no way you can hear that and not be a little weirded out. Especially considering that it, she's, she's against him going out there for several days. Right. And then is, okay, you can go out there. I'll tell you. Like, then tells him to go there. As if, well, I'm waiting to hear back about something. Right. This is the part where the CIA part falls apart for me. Uh, Because she's terrible at this. Like, if (laughs) she is an assassin, she's terrible at a convincing story. What's more realistic, if, if someone is tied to the CIA, a person like this, it's not so much that they're gonna have super cia spy skills they're just gonna have immunity from going to jail yeah and what has courtney love (laughs) ever been arrested for in this entire run drugs when when was she arrested Uh, for drugs a few times she was i don't think you're recalling this correctly she was arrested they they do say because at one point when he's with dylan uh he gets a call dylan gets a call from she's arrested she arrested when she overdosed Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 But, but that let her go immediately, right? And so I that like I would see the fact that all of this shit exists and no one has ever brought any sort of charges as more. That feels like CIA was he, shit wait, this, to me. He was sitting next to Duff on McKagan. his flight. Yeah, you've never heard that story. No, Duff yeah. McKagan from Seattle. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. On his fi- on his flight from L.A. to Seattle. That's crazy. And twenty years later. Uh, they the Seattle Police Department reopened this investigation, but in like a bullshit, like just to you know, like show off sort of way because all this attention was coming back. They changed their determination to uh, he took a fatal dose of heroin when up to that point the Seattle Police Department's stance had always been his tolerance would have allowed him to take that much heroin. So now they're saying he took a fatal dose of heroin. But also put his shit away, and picked up the gun, up gun and shot, and shot himself. himself. So when? When did the heroin kill him? I mean, it was a pretty tight race between <laughs> the shell and the We the got shot. heroin in the lead and, and we're coming from behind it. Shotgun shell, shotgun shell, we're winning by a hair. <laughs> I think the heroin won by a nose. Um, <laughs> wow. Oh. And shotgun shell going across the brainstem. <laughs> Winner, shotgun shell. But that is crazy that now the Seattle PD's position is he died of a heroin overdose. Like, what? No. You can't. It, like, that can't be the story. And so, yeah, the Kurt and Courtney were on the verge of a divorce. They had a prenuptial agreement. I feel like. Also, at one point, did he. There was some point before this that he was trying. It was. Before Rome, actually, when he was trying to get her taken out of the will. Right, yeah. He called Rosemary Carroll about that also. How crazy would it be if Rosemary Carroll killed him and was just trying to frame Courtney Love? <laughs> oh, my God. 
She's like, I can't stand this woman. Yeah. You know what she should do is just be hated. Oh, I also forgot to mention about the suicide note. I think I had this in the notes here. But uh, when they found that handwriting practice sheet in Courtney Love's backpack, the they matched it. Tom to Grant stuff. had a handwriting expert yeah. compare it to the last four lines in the suicide note. And it was a match. Perfect match. So <laughs> it's fucking crazy. But- I'm sorry, this podcast ends with us thinking Kurt Cobain was murdered. He was definitely murdered. Absolutely. Andy, say something definitive, like definitely. I don't want to be absolutely. definitive. I could go either way, but I like what it's one of those things where I could see it being either thing. I could see a lot of this stuff just being really bad looking coincidence. Uh it's a lot of coincidence. I mean, I, it really I, is. I agree. And I feel but. like not just you know, we brought up earlier circumstantial cases. But there's also something to be said for like people go to prison over their over, demeanor, over less than this, and and their demeanor yeah. during an investigation. And yeah. I think I don't know. I just feel like it all. It's weird because it's one of those things where it's like if he was murdered, I mean, you almost have to go really big with the reason for it because otherwise, some of this stuff about her not going, not being investigated, not going to jail, like it doesn't make sense. It's like to what degree was there? What did the did was there corruption here? Like, did the were the police in on it? Like, was it just incompetence that I allowed certain things to happen? Like, it was all the hair metal bands that were no longer allowed to perform. <laughs> Axel Rose, yeah, did it. they were like, we want to get hair metal back on the radio, and so someone's got to die. I mean, what if it is the CIA? Like, this is it's kind of a complicated plot. I mean, there are that, people who believe that the CIA assassinated Bob Marley. There's people who believe a, a lot of crazy things about the CIA yeah. as it pertains to music, and I don't think they're necessarily wrong. And it, like, I do actually sort of buy into the idea that Courtney Love was exposed to a government program of some sort when she was a child. Huh. And if you look into the details of her childhood, I'm sorry, but they do actually kind of line up with <laughs> things that happened during the MK Ultra program. Yeah. And there are things that happened during the MK Ultra program that we know about, and we have dates, yeah. and we know where these people were. Like, her psychiatrist flew her out of the country to Australia when she was like five. Whose fucking psychiatrist flies their patient out of the country? Whose parents? Not just out of the country, but that's like a 20-hour flight or something. Like, that's insane. Right. And at that time, there was MK Ultra shit happening in Australia, too. What do you know? Mm. It's all very strange, but I don't like it doesn't have to be that big of a conspiracy. No. I, I just I feel like she was involved. I, she definitely had the motive. There's no she for sure had the motive and she for sure had the pathology to make that motive. Right. You know, substantial. And she was definitely up to something like she was planning missing persons reports. Yeah. Under his mom's yeah. name. Like, all of this weird shit that when you take it all together, I feel like there's just more evidence that he was probably murdered than there is that he committed suicide. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that I agree with that. Yeah. I, can, I mean, I can see... It's one of those things where I'm not... Like, I know anyone can commit suicide. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm yeah. not necessarily heartbroken or, or defeated by the possibility that he could have killed himself. No. But... I would almost prefer it. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's almost like it's I mean, it's bad either way, but knowing like knowing it was his decision. Yeah. 
as opposed to, oh, well, he was murdered because he wasn't going to do Lollapalooza and someone's going to be out of money. It all comes down to, there's some, it's weird. There's something like, even if you, even if your terminology about it is like you lost a battle with depression, or if it's more empowering than that, like, in, you know, you just made a decision to not be here anymore because you weren't having fun right. or whatever it was. Like, there's something a little more, God damn it, I don't want to say this. Because of the reasons for this documentary being made, it's like there's something a little more noble about that than just, right. oh, his wife wanted money. Well, that's right. how the podcast ends. Uh, Andy <laughs> thinks that you should do the noble thing. <laughs> just kill yourself. Uh, Look, I'm in a weird thing with suicide. I've had suicidal ideation since I was like 10, and it's just like... Me too. Yeah. I once asked my dad how to tie a noose, and he showed me. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. As a child. Yeah. He, not, why do you want to know how to tie a noose? Little person I gave you know life to. <laughs> it was like, oh, here's how you do it. Yikes. Yeah. So, yeah. That is how the podcast ends. What? Kurt Cobain died. That's a bummer. Uh, is it? It is a bummer. Yeah, I thought is. it was a bummer. Yeah. I, yeah it, it affected me pretty hard at the time. Yeah. yeah. I was lucky in that I didn't get into Nirvana until like 98, 99. Mm, right. So he had already died. Like, because he died right around the same time my dad died. So that would have been a rough fucking summer sure, if I was sure, that sure. into Nirvana and then my dad died too. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So I'm, I'm kind of glad it all, I got it all in retrospect. But yeah. It's a sad ending to this podcast. Well, you had to have seen it coming, though. Uh, well, well, you know that's the thing. We should have seen it coming. We should we, have, like, cursed Novacelic. We should have when he cursed, fell out of that cursed, wheelchair on cursed, stage. How are we supposed to say his name? Cursed Novacelic. Kirsty. Kirsty. Ah, the old Novacelic cursed. <laughs> um, guys, I've poured us all a shot. Of, what is this uh, that we're drinking? This right is now? Penny Royal Tea. You what? Guys? Because we're aborting our podcast. How, now, what before we? What is Penny Royal? Uh, it's a plant similar to mint. Oh, so this is real Penny. So w- if we were pregnant, forget about it. Yeah, yeah, we'd be aborting a fetus right now. That's correct. Fuck yeah! Makes these red cups kind of ironic. Yeah, I That's know. a Republican I get color. Little tiny solo cups. Hey, Salou. cheers! Cheers to you, Andy. All right, hey All right, guys. Close. Here's to uh, you know, hate your enemies. Save your friends, find your place, speak the truth. Here's to Pod the Life, our new corn podcast coming soon. Holy shit. (laughs) That's good. Mmm, minty. Oh, yeah, that's very good. Yeah, Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. This was, um... This feels weird. It was a trip down, like, bizarre (laughs) memory lane for me, because so much of this was, like, my... Because I was into them at the time when it was all going on, and I did know this was coming, and I still kind of bummed about it. Yeah, it's it's. I feel bummed about all the some of the jokes. <laughs> I mean, it's a podcast. We're a comedy yeah. podcast. Oh, that's that's true. I forgot that part. At Sorry. the end of the day, there's going to be jokes, and it was really like I had read all of this stuff before, which is crazy. But like reading it again at this age, like mm-hmm. it was really interesting to go back and reevaluate some of the the Kurt Cobain mm-hmm. stories and just. I don't know. I I still really love Nirvana's music. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kurt Cobain was obviously one of the most talented songwriters Mm -hmm. ever. Uh, 
He was just tapped a, into something for sure. Yeah. And I don't, you know, there's there was some circle jerk at the beginning of Montage of Heck about like, oh, he saw things differently, his genius brain and right. shit like that, that that like reinforces this idea about the tortured artist that I don't right. that I don't think is good, I don't think is healthy. I think it aids more of this the epidemic of teen suicides than just the fact that Kurt Cobain killed himself does is that mythology behind that. Yeah. But I, I forgot what my point was. I keep doing this, man. <laughs> I was, I was Skyping with a girl once and we were talking about our fucking signs. And, uh, I, I mentioned I was a Pisces and she goes, Oh, you'll kill yourself. Like Kurt Cobain. I was like, Jesus, Jesus, there's so many Pisces in the world. Do you tell yeah. everyone you meet, oh, you're going to kill yourself? That's, That's just her like stock response no matter what someone says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. you'll kill yourself like Kurt Cobain. <laughs> all I said was, <laughs> all I said was hello. But all of that, all of that weird, you know, that, that romanticizing aside, like it was, he had an important band. He was a person who had a lot of, problems in his life he had a rough childhood he in some ways he was privileged and lucky and in other ways he was very much the opposite he was problematic he wasn't perfect he you know he was addressing issues of misogyny and homophobia at a time where that hadn't quite become a yeah, national conversation for sure. culturally in the mainstream yet but he also did some stuff that ran contrast to that and right. said some things that ran contrast to that and you know, he left a troubling legacy, but also it's almost like he was just a person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's the whole thing. Is he's a person, and this yeah, we this this celebrity, whether he killed himself or was murdered, it's impossible to argue against the notion that he died. That the nature of celebrity culture had a big part. <laughs> To yeah, play is anyone arguing that he, that he didn't die? <laughs> is there someone who's there's like, someone who's like, yeah, he's no man, he's in a submarine. No, he's with good, Jim dude. Yeah. Coming next season on Nirvana, the conspiracy podcast. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that's, I don't, and I think that is the thing here is that that's the conversation is that we have a weird approach to art and commodification of art and the celebrity culture and icon worship, and not everyone's comfortable with that, and it causes problems and in montage of heck you'll notice a lot of times too like kurt is uncomfortable with all this stuff even when he's happy and courtney is constantly like talking about the rolling stone interview or talking about like she's fascinated with that side of things yeah and he's not it's almost like she'd do anything to be famous well she did (laughs) (laughs) she did she did one one really big thing yeah she killed her husband yeah did you guys did you guys watch over the edge yet no, not yet, but watching this made me want yeah, it's, to. I, yeah, I did, because I, I'd never seen this, so I didn't even know that was in there, but it was cool to be like, oh, I know that movie. Yeah, I want to see it. So that's our podcast. That is the heart-shaped pod. Wow. Whew. We made it. What a, what a trip. What a journey it has been. Thank you both. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. And I mean, it's not like this is our last podcast we're ever going to do. No, but it's the last Nirvana one we're going to do. Last Nirvana one. Mm-hmm. We'll see. They might put something out. That's a good point. <laughs> he, he might surface somewhere. Uh, my name is Bert Bobain. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's like the Space Shuttle Challenger crew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're also all still alive. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> Who's the one that's doing open mics? Krista McAuliffe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's teaching everyone. She's teaching a comedy class now. She's Jesus. doing shows across yeah. a bunch of states. Yeah. Because when she... Died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blew up and landed across. Mostly the, the Gulf States. Coast is where yeah. she kind of. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 
<sighs> oh, that was fun. Yeah, All right. comics to watch. Mm. Check out our NASA podcast coming next month. Need another seven astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, what a weird ending! Yeah, this has been. But uh, yeah, check. It. We'll we'll do other. What are some other bands we're we're covering? Corn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Oasis is on the table. Yeah, I think we're gonna do Oasis. Yeah, I'm still. Uh, I kind of want. I still kind of want to do Slipknot. But, or yeah, you know, I, they're yeah, also Nickelback. not that great of a band. Nickelback, Creed. Mm, no. Uh, why do you? Why are you? <laughs> Neil Young would be interesting. Neil Young would be interesting. Prince would be interesting. Yeah. I would love to do a Queens of the Stone Age podcast. I think you two would hate it, but I would yeah, love it. I would it. definitely not yeah. be super into it. Uh, Queen, <laughs> though? Uh, I would not be into that. No? You don't no. like Queen? I don't care about Queen. Um, wow. Yeah. The things you learn. I know. I mean, I've wanted to do a Fugazi podcast for years. Oh, fuck yeah. I but I f- could just talk to you two about yeah. it. I think that, I don't know if there's an audience for that. Neil Young? You already said that. R.E.M.? Oh, oh, wait, yeah, that's the one right yeah, there. Yeah, because there is an R.E.M. podcast, it's just not good. Yeah, but I love R.E.M. R.E.M.'s like the band for me yeah. that got me into... Yeah, Nirvana music. was R.E.M. with a fuzz box. It sure was. That's yeah. what Steve Albini said. You can do an Albini cast. Albini cast. Podman. Okay, see, I was going to go the other way with that. <laughs> oh, rape pod? <laughs> Rape cast? <laughs> That's not okay. And, no. And there's no way we're doing that. No. Right? Okay. No. Probably not. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Shellac cast? Excellent Italian gray pod. Italian? You mean a me? It was not the suicide of Andy. Andy, answer your Italian father. It's a me, Andy. Prayer to pod. Like if we do a shellac podcast, I don't know pod. what that is, Andy. Andy, why did you have to go that way with it, Andy? Prayer to God is a song Andy! off the shellac record, Thousand Hertz. Why do you want us to hurt? Andy. Yeah. Do the noble thing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get out of here. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. Stay alive. <laughs>